trade, free agency, all that good stuff. Alright, um, this is our first episode, so we're just going to talk about ourselves and our teams. So I'm going to let Josh start. Go ahead. Alright, so as you can tell, you know, we got the Panthers in the background. I don't even know where to start with this poverty franchise. I mean, the Panthers have been faced with the worst quarterback situation in the NFL that I've seen ever. You know, a starting quarterback, you gave up a second, a fourth, and a sixth for that turned out to be complete garbage. Bring back in Cam Newton. It's this cool little reunion. Cam Newton doesn't end up doing what we were all hoping he would. You know, you have P.J. Walker, but P.J. Walker's just a walking turnover. We have a superstar that can't stay healthy. We have, you know, DBs. We had our number eight overall pick got hurt. We had Stephon Gilmore, former defensive player of the year, former, you know, all-star, pro bowler, everything. He got hurt this season. Dante Jackson, our second best corner, he got hurt this season. Hassan Reddick, you know, he was he was the one he was the one biggest shining star out of this whole team. You know, Hassan Reddick, you know, we got a good core. Brian Burns, you know, JC Horn when he gets back healthy, Shaq Thompson, Jeremy Chin, you know, and on offense, DJ Moore, Terrence Marshall, who when he gets healthy, he will have a breakout season. I'm calling it right now. Um Chuba Hubbard played excellent. And Taylor Moat, one of the most underrated tackles in football. You know, and then once you once you really get down to it, this offensive line, you know, fourteen starting offensive line combinations gave up fourth most sacks in the NFL. You know, there's there's nothing else you can really say. You can't expect any quarterback to perform good behind an offensive line that can't give them more than 10 seconds to get rid of the ball or 10 seconds to breathe or tie their shoes or, you know, whatever they want to do. It's it's just awful. But, you know, we, you can always look to the bright side of, you know, number six overall pick. Um, you know, when you're, when you're looking at that pick, you know, you, offensive, you of course want to take offensive line. That's probably priority number one unless you're able to address that free agency with either – Taylor Moten, Cam Robinson, those are probably the two best picks from the left tackle. Um, you know, addressing some of the guard positions. Or, you know, if you if you address the left tackle, say we signed Teron Armstead, moving Brady Christensen to left guard, you know, um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of trading back to the 10 to 14 range, taking Tyler Linderbaum, and then putting you know, acquiring those draft picks and then seeing what Deontay Brown can do, who was overweight this entire season and didn't get really any playing time. Um, and there are, you have a solid offensive line for, you know, whoever you want to have behind center, whether it be Sam Darnold, whether you go out and move up in the draft around the second round ish, take Carson Strong or, or, um, you know, uh, any anybody else that's available right there in that spot. Or if you want to keep that fourth-round draft pick where there's a chance Brent Bailey Zappi might be there, you know, that's a developmental prospect. I mean, you if you just save your picks and you wait till next year, if we're bad again, that rule's gone, a top pick, and you have a chance for Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or someone like that. So that's where I stand with this team. You I think can tell the frustration. Up. I think our best uh, a head coach and a quarterback and offensive line for being a really good team. Yeah, I mean, the number – well, I think we were the fourth best passing defense in the league. We got destroyed by everybody in the run game. You know, but that's that's where that's what happens when you have Brian Burns, who's, you know, a smaller pass rusher. Son Reddick, smaller pass rusher, but he has said that he wants to sort of he wants to beef up and play. I think he said about 275 range, um, and you don't know what that's going to affect his speed, if that's going to affect you know whatever it is. Um, but the Panthers are also faced this upcoming off season with 
having to get rid of either Stephon Gilmore, Dante Jackson, or Hassan Reddick. That's being that's me. It's it's Dante Jackson. That's just me. Yeah, well, Gilmore well, might be getting old. He's like in his what early thirties, I think. Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, I think he's about thirty. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I didn't watch much of the Panthers secondary to know for sure if I'd give up Stephon Gilmore or uh, Dante Jackson, but I know what Stephon Gilmore is capable of, so that's why I'm going with him. Hassan Reddick is always going to be, I mean, he's going to do his thing, so. Yeah, and with your positives when you keep Stephon Gilmore over the likes of Dante Jackson is, you know, you went all in on. Um, J.C. Horn, you took him with that high draft pick when you know everybody was yelling at you to take an offensive lineman. You said, "I'm taking best guy available." You know, through his first game, he allowed only one catch in his first 94 stat, uh, 94 game, uh, possessions played. You know, he had one interception. You know, but and if you keep Stephon Gilmore, you get Stephon Gilmore to sort of train um, J.C. Horn. Whereas Dante Jackson, he's not bad, but Dante Jackson will never be in the number one corner. You know, he's fast, but he gets burnt way too easily still. Um, and you saw that with Terry McLaurin, who went off against Dante Jackson, which, you know, Terry McLaurin goes off against any corner he plays. But, you know, you draft J.C. Horn, be that number one in the corner to put up more of a fight against you know a Terry McLaurin or a Justin Jefferson or you know one of those top receivers in the leagues and if we part on from Hassan Reddick that will leave Etor Gross Matos who I'm a, I'm a fan of he played very well this season but you know you have the proven player in your Hassan Reddick or you have the third-year player, you know, who is a lot bigger, who will help out on the run, and also played pretty well against the pass, so it's a very interesting decision. Scott Bitterer, who has done a great job so far, bringing in Hassan Reddick off of his, you know, departure from the Cardinals, where they decided they didn't want him. Bringing in Stephon Gilmore for a six-round pick, you know, he Scott Bitterer when he first got Carolina, said he's in on every deal, and you have seen that on every deal he's made, and every deal he hasn't made. So that's the that's the big upside, and we have about I think eighteen million in cap to work with. So I'm forgetting all the as you will on too. I mean, he's been hurt, but he's not bad. You also have a lot of other people on the line that's going to make their plays. So his stats aren't going to look as good as everyone's thinking. He's still young, so I mean. I don't think you mentioned him, so I had to make sure to mention him. Because, I mean, since he was drafted, everyone's thinking he's, like, not going to be who he, everyone wanted him to be. But I think he's going to – he's a good pass rusher. He's got a lot of other people on the line, you know, doing their thing. So it's going to be a lot harder. Yeah, the Panthers – the Panthers, they need to – Derek Brown is a wild card, you know. He's either he he was uh, two years ago our first round pick, and man he has been very 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 up and down. Um, you know, big guy. That's why we drafted him to help stop that run. But you know, he's been he's been getting bullied, and then he'll come out and he'll look like you know the best the best defensive tackle since Vince Wilfork. You know, and. You know, Jeremy Chen next season wants to walk down and sort of play that Mike linebacker. And then that leaves you with nothing at the free safety position. You know, that's that's could be somewhere where they look to, you know, if Kyle Hamilton's available, take Kyle Hamilton, put him at safety, let J.C. Horn walk down to that linebacker spot. And then, you know, that defense is even more fast than it was this year which they were one of the fastest teams to the ball every play. And they know that really helps.
what about the what about the Steelers, man? Second in rushing yards per attempt on defense. You know this. This you know the Steelers team who you know used to hang their hat on their defense being super athletic, super fast. Troy Polamalu, you know James Harrison, all those guys. You know that Steelers defense used to be their you know mantra, and now this sort of turned into the opposite. It's like I mean we got we got the talent. We got Miko, we got Joe Hayden, we got TJ, of course, Defensive Player of the Year. Should be a three-time by now, or this year. But uh, Cam Hayward, very it. underrated. Very, very underrated, Cam Hayward. I love that man. He's so good. Um, i trying to think. Uh, respond to it. You know, he has been playing, um, I don't know why, personal reasons, I think. Alex Highsmith, the second season, he didn't do bad. Um, good replacement for Bud Dupree. Um, and we had our backups for a D-tackle were not it. We had... Uh, two guys that were brothers that were playing D tackle, and they were like switching out behind beside uh, Cam. But, so yeah. is that somewhere you think you need to address in the in the draft this year, or do you want? I, mean, I don't the, know. Like, free agency? Depends on all depends on to it when he's coming back. How long he's gonna be out for? Pretty sure I don't know if he's healthy or if he has like lingering injuries. Um, but yeah, he's in the plan. Um, Trying to think. Uh, our offensive line, we lost Kevin Dotson in the year for to an injury. Um, I mean, we got we got some good players on our offensive line. Let's see. Um, well, from what I've seen, y'all have about thirty-one million in cap right now. Yeah, we got a cap, especially since we lost Ben. He took a lot less last year. And we got some players. We got Sam. We got Juju. We still got we got Sam this year. Hopefully, hopefully they, they want to keep him. Yeah, and then you you know you have Stefan Tua making thirteen million. You know, you're a heavy hitter in TJ yeah, Watt yeah. making thirty one million. Yeah. You know, and even even players like Eric Ebron making almost four million. Derek Watt making almost five million. Zach Banner making almost six and a half million, you know, that's a bunch of money, you know, being allocated, especially like Eric Ebron who you know, I didn't catch a ton of Steelers games, but I didn't see him on the field hardly at all. Who? Eric Ebron. Yeah, he was hurt a lot this season, but you know we got Pat, Pat Fryer. I mean, I mean, he's good. Well, I, I, Pat, 
best tight end we've had since Heath Miller. He's showing some he's great strong. Yeah, he's insane. Move. And, and I want to, I just want, you know, Steelers perspective, best rookie running back, oh. Najee Harris. Najee Harris, bro. Oh, my gosh. I mean, playing behind the O-line, leading, well, not leading. He's top, what, I think it was top four. Top four, I think, in rushing yards behind one of the worst O-lines Steelers have ever had. Um, As a rookie? As a rookie, yeah. Didn't have a fumble over, like, 350 uh, carries. His only fumble came in his last game in the playoffs. Yeah, but uh, you know, we're not going to talk about that. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I like where Najee set y'all up. You know, obviously last year that was y'all's point of emphasis, you know. Yeah. James Conner was good, but James Conner left. You know, Najee Harris, most dominant running back in college we've seen since Derrick Henry, you know, the two Alabama guys. Um, and he, he just made so much sense for y'all, you know, to give Ben that relief – you know, for this next year and, you know, to help out whatever quarterback y'all end up going with, whether it's, you know, Aaron Rodgers or whether it's a rookie, you know, whoever y'all end up with. I mean, or it could be Dante Harris Rudolph. is a backup. Could be Mason Rudolph. Juju's only yeah, Mason Rudolph is going to ask him the best, the best QB room since okay, Sam Darnold. Juju's on TikTok talking about who our next uh, starting quarterback's going to be showing a video of Mason Rudolph. I'm just over here like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, it's trash. I want to hear, I want to hear, you know, arguably one of the better receiver rooms in the league. Oh, yeah. Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool. When he's not celebrating yeah. at the end of the game. James Washington, he's good too. Uh, very underrated. Very. And Deontay Johnson took a massive leap this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, his, big, his big, 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 big problem ever since college was his drops. And he, you know, kept his drops down, maximized his efficiency, even with Ben playing quarterback, you know. Juju was out since week four or five, I believe. That's what, yeah. I mean, when Juju. And that allowed Deontay to step up and really sort of emerge. I was basically leaving the door up for him to have a breakout season. Yeah. And Chase Claypool, who has the body to be the best receiver in the league, you know, massive, massive man. Yeah. But very immature, you know, celebrating when you have 13 seconds to go and score. You know, it's just very calling out his offensive lineman. It's not what you want to see. Got, like you said, he's got the best, it's like a physical, like, that's the word I'm looking for here. Physical, uh. He almost reminds me of like a poor man's Megatron. Yeah, yeah, he's like, they call him Mapletron for a reason. He's the same size as uh, <laughs> Calvin Johnson. He basically runs the same 40 time. Um, it's insane. He's, he'll basically just like him. Uh, uh, he can be really good. He's got insane, insane catching skills. He goes up and catch about. Just about over anyone. Um, I mean, I'm, usually the best corners are on play man. The best corners usually on Deontay, but goes up. Well, you know, when you look at the man who's six four, you know that catch radius is insane. Yeah, his wingspan. I can't think of his wingspan, is, but it's definitely he's got some long arms. You um, know, six four two thirty eight. Yeah. As as a reporter once said about Kelvin Benjamin, a Popeyes biscuit alpha being a tight end. You know, he's second-round pick out of Notre Dame, who I remember we were talking during the draft, and you were completely ecstatic about this pick. Yeah, I mean, it's just, as soon as I saw his, his physicals, I was like, holy crap, that's a steal, honestly. I'm going to 40, dropping to 40. I'm trying to think who the draft class was that. Was that 2019, 20, 2019? That was the 2020 draft class, yeah. uh, which had, you know, the – Joe Burrow, eventual Super Bowl winner, Super Bowl MVP. That's yeah. coming up. Chase Young, one of the best young linemen in the league. Tua Tagovailoa, Jeff Okuda, who he's been hurt these past couple seasons. I expect him to still be a good corner. Um, and then the saddest story of them all, Justin Herbert getting taken pick six to the Chargers, one pick ahead of the Carolina Panthers. You know, but 
that was the draft that you know the Panthers took Derek Brown. Also in that draft class, current Carolina Panther, C.J. Henderson. I don't know where to start with C.J. You know, you brought him in for Dan Arnold in a third. He hasn't been the worst he could be. You know, his big thing in Jacksonville was, did he want to play? You know, that was the thing with, you know, Jalen Ramsey, too, was did he want to play when he was in Jacksonville? And as you see, he got to the Rams, best corner in the league. You know, and it's, I don't even think it's any close. You know, but, you know, this, this draft class, you know, it was the an insanely stacked draft class. And, you know, the draft pick of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire who for the Chiefs I loved coming out of LSU and played amazing this year you know the Steelers I believe traded that first round pick and then your first pick that draft of course was Chase Claypool yeah I mean it was worth it it was a great pick he's got the potential to be great you know he's just got to get his got to grow up. You got to be a, a professional. This uh, needs to be an issue with Steelers receivers. Yeah, yeah big big issue, obviously. Uh, <laughs> all you got Mr. TikTok and the guy that takes his shirt off in the middle of the game. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, Vontae's perfect is what caused all that. You got to say, perfect. Antonio Brown's still normal. I miss, I miss old, I miss, I miss old A.B. Le'Veon Bell too. Those the days. Almost be. We had a chance to be Tom Brady one year, and of course, you know, Le'Veon gets the get hurt. Well, um, we had a chance to be Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, and John Casey kicked the ball out of bounds, gave Tom Brady the ball back with under a minute. Carolina Panthers have zero Super Bowl rings. Yeah, it's it's a struggle for Panthers fans. I mean, they haven't been <laughs> around that long, but it's soon, a soon. Yeah, hopefully. Because sure, Carolina fans are tired of waiting. Yes, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of a Carolina fan, you know, a little bit. Some I live here, obviously, but it's mostly you know Steelers for me. And as a, the owner David Tepper said, you know, when he bought this team, we've got to be willing to, you know, accept a few years of sadness and disappointment for that championship, and oh, it's a whole lot of sadness and disappointment, but. If we can make it through it and make it to the Super Bowl and win this time, no more strip sacks, it'll all be worth it. Yeah. All right, well, that was a good little bit on our NFL teams. Brendan, you want to you wanna switch us over to basketball? Uh, the Thunder, oh, my God. Um, so, basically, we had, summing all up, we had three MVPs, and, you know, we did not capitalize on that and chose – James Harden, or chose Serge Ibaka over James Harden for some reason that I will never know. Um, guess he wanted a little bit too much money, even though it was like an extra four thousand, but um, or four million, sorry, that he had to pay that he was not willing to. Um, so we traded him, and you know, ever since we traded him, we haven't made another finals. Uh, been close, and you know, we threw a three-one lead to the seventy-three and nine, seventy-three. Non Warriors, um, which was our best chance to win a Super Bowl. Oh my God! Uh, finals ring, finals. Um, yeah, but of course, Russell Westbrook, his turnover nature, his uh, his aggressiveness, and Katie's ability to shoot the ball kind of disappeared. And um, you know, not he had a couple of good games, obviously, but. He, uh, you know, could have done better. He's KD. I mean, he's one of the best scorers of all time. You got to do your thing. Not, you can't let a three. You can't blow a three-one lead. I mean, it's just insane. Um, so you, know, you want to elaborate on the post KD and Hard uh, Thunder going back to the bad times? Um, then we got Paul George. You know, after all that, after we lost KD, we had a season. Russ's MVP season, which is insane. Um, he was playing good in the playoffs, too. You know, of course, they had no team. So, uh, it was basically him versus the whole Rockets team. Uh, Victor Oladipo and 
Moss Bonus for not who they are now, obviously. They did not they did not play like stars in the playoffs. Much not much at all, even during the regular season. There was much of Russ carrying us, hitting a lot of game winners, going insane that year. Still had a lot of turnovers, but you know, still play aggressive, drop triple doubles, broke the record. Um, then we got Paul George the year after that. Um, and Melo, Carmelo Anthony thought we were Super Bowl. Dude, holy shit. Finals contenders, okay. Um, you know, first round exit because they all just underperformed. What else is new? And um, yeah, I think that Carmelo time is a bunch of want to. a time a bunch of the Thunder fans want to try and forget. Yeah, that. That. Um, I don't think. I think him and Melo, PG and Melo had a combined twelve points in Game Six against the Jazz. Russ had like forty five, I think forty two, forty five, something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not a lot of shots, but not much else you can do whenever the rest of your shoot your scorers can't score. So. Um, and then and then the trade happens. Yeah, then we lose Russell Westbrook. We get Chris Paul. Um, trade Paul George. Get a ton, a ton of draft picks and Shea. Can't forget Shea. He's our future. He's the man. Um, very underrated. Um, it could have been. It's looking all- like the Thunder came out on top of that deal too. Possibly, yeah. Um, I mean, you never know. They, they have a chance. They oh, saw they being one of the best young point guards in this league. The amount of draft picks that y'all got from yeah, that trade is not worth that much. I'm sorry. Like when we got that, that was like the best day of my life. Honestly, when it comes to NBA. That's insane. That's that's like winning a finals right there, getting that much from. Well, and when you look at that on paper, the Clippers, they had something going, you know. Going into that season, everybody thought the Clippers were finals favorites. Mm-hmm. And they did what the Clippers do. And now, now the, the Thunder have 38 draft picks in the next few years. Three first-rounders this year. You have um, one of them unprotected, two of them top twelve protected, and one of them or one of them unprotected, one of them top twelve protected, one of them top sixteen protected. Which the sixteenth protected pick is the Pistons. That pick will be going back to Detroit, obviously. Um, and then you know, twenty twenty three, one, two, three, four, five first round picks. From before the Oklahoma City Thunder, and with the you know with the Wizards, it's a um, it's a deal where you get the best pick. the The Heat is a you know if it's not conveyed, it'll have protections in 24, 25, and then in twenty six it'll be unprotected. But you know, anyways, five first round picks is still insane. So in the next two years alone. You have potentially eight first-round picks. Mm-hmm. You know, already with a solid core of Shea, Trey Mann, who had a pretty big night last night. You know, and then you, you the rest of the team. Lou Dort, Lou, Lou Dort, 14 of the best defenders. <laughs> like crazy in overtime last night. Had 14 points. Uh, couldn't miss. That was crazy. Um, Josh Giddy. Forget about Josh Giddy. The man who coming out of college, or not coming out of Australia had no basketball skills whatsoever, according yeah, to the Um, was actually I think he's top five in the rookie, you know, rookie ladder. Mm-hmm. Should be top three, but I'm not gonna speak on that much because I mean he's won three Player of the Months already. He's one of the only three uh, Western Conference Player of the Months. Rookie of the Months. Rookie of the Months. Yeah, sorry. Um. You know, he's already a great passer. He's averaging on this six and a half, I think, six and a half uh, assists. Um, playing for the Thunder with a, a bunch of players that can't shoot. You know, they're shooting the worst three-point percentage in the league. And he's still averaging six assists. Um, we're not a very good shooting team in the paint either. Such Shea. Um, you know, he's not bad. I mean, he's coming from 
Australia, everybody thought he was going to be nothing. You know, everybody thought it was going to be bad. Obviously, the scouting said that he basically could not play basketball. So there was that. And now he's out here uh, averaging, I think it's like, what, 13, I think. Uh, yeah, 13 and 6. 13, 13, 6 and 8. 8 rebounds. He's averaging 8 rebounds. I mean, he's 6'8", so he's not small. Um, yeah, great rookie season so far. Yeah. Impressive. It's probably going to get better. I mean, he's, he's just getting better every game. Right. So we got all these good players already. We got Lou Dort, such a great defender. Um, Shays already. A, he's a borderline all-star. Um, I think by his prime, he's from poss- it'd probably be a superstar. I think that's just my opinion. It might be a little biased because I'm a Thunder fan, but I think by the time he hits his prime, he's going to be averaging at least 25 and eight, at least. And you know, lead us to get some good playoff runs. You know, and that's depend. That all depends on how our draft goes. You know, if we draft, good, we usually draft picks the right way. Our GM doesn't mess this up like he's messed up a bunch of stuff in the past. Um, but uh, yeah, that's basically it for the Thunder. So now we're, we're right, we've got a bright over. future, a bunch of draft picks, and we're just we're, we're leaning on that basically. Now we're switching over to my Charlotte Hornets, which are almost the polar opposite. This Hornets team, they're not bad. I I need to preface this by saying they're not bad. You know, I think they're on a two-game losing streak, which is neither here nor there, you know. Um, Lamelo Ball, who we were just talking about before we started recording, is not currently on the All-Star roster. He got replaced by Fred VanVleet, who... Average two more points, three less assists, or three less rebounds, 0.7 less assists. But I'm not going to get into that. I'm just going to enjoy that the Hornets finally have a soon-to-be superstar. I don't want to call him a superstar yet. A soon-to-be superstar. You know, his second-year player averaging 19.9, 7.2, and 7.7. You know, the Hornets haven't had this kind of electric player since, I guess, really Alonzo Mourning. You know, Kimball Walker, love him. You know, have jerseys. He was never that superstar player, and you saw that once he left the Hornets, you know. He's a good number option, but being a backup, really not a backup, being like a second or third option is not not good for him. He has to be the main, has to be the main ball handler for him to be effective. The same with Russell Westbrook, you know, there's a lot of players like that. Unfortunately, he's one of those. I mean, he had some good games. You know, he dropped 60 points, I think, one, a couple years ago. Walker? Kevin Walker, yeah. He dropped. He had a 60-point game. Yeah, I think he had I think he had a 60-point game against the 76ers. I believe we were at that game when it went into overtime and Jimmy Butler got the game-saving block and game-winning game bucket. I'm not sure. I Broke my heart, you know. But, you know, LaMelo Ball, I love him. When he first got drafted, I was very skeptical at that point. We still had Kimba, and I still thought Kimba could be the, you know, franchise player that he was for these last couple years. But You don't have Kimba? Yeah, we had Kimba at that point because I didn't want us to draft another point guard. I wanted James Wiseman, who, (laughs) when you look back at it, Hornets – made the right pick by far. You know, James Wiseman hasn't been very healthy, but, you know, I, I think when he comes back, he'll st- he'll emerge as one of the better big men in the league, but you know, then, you know, Miles Bridges, averaging 19.9, averaging 7.2 rebounds, you know, the exciting, you know, Lob City re-envision. That's what, that's what the Hornets are. <laughs> and you know this team it's really solid all around you know you have your athletes and Miles Bridges and PJ Washington who hasn't been bad this season but I'd like to see a little bit more out of him you know he's been forced into that center role which he doesn't really fit being you know 6'6 six, 6'7 six, six, maybe 6'8 six, on a good day you know that's that's not the spot that he should be playing but when your starting center is Mason Plumley. 
and the only other center on your roster that really gets any minutes is Nick Richards, who, who when I say gets minutes, I think he, he's averaging um, what one point four or no, he's averaging no minutes a game basically. He's only gotten into play thirty eight games, and even in those thirty eight games, he's probably only averaged about four or five six minutes a game. You know, it's it's not a good situation. The Hornets have never been a team to have that sort of franchise center ever since Alonzo Mourning. We had, you know, um, Al Jefferson, who at the time, coming out of Utah, was still an all-star, um, but got to Charlotte. It was just him and Kimba. There wasn't anything to really do, um, which the Hornets – you know, as of today, it is February 3rd. They have exactly one week to make a trade for a big man. You know, and obviously it's not, you know, Miles Turner, someone the Pan- or the Hornets have always had their eye on. Um, you know, like a Rashawn Holmes, Nerlens Noel, Hassan Whiteside. You know, those options aren't as good as your Miles Turner, but, you know, he can still get the job done. You know, the Hornets, uh, I think the Hornets are a good big man away from not being championship contenders, but being a solid team in the East that they have not been in forever. You know, and we have our promising rookies, James Booknight, Guy Jones. James is... The Hornets have a thing of not playing the rookies. It took LaMelo Ball, I think, 30 to 40 games to start last season. You know, and James Booknight... While being good in the games he has played, he's played 24 games. He's averaged five points, but he had that one game where he scored, I believe it was 22, 24. Um, Kai Jones, he spent a lot of this season in Greensboro playing for the Swarm. Um, you know, he's but you didn't draft him this season to play, you know, big-time minutes. He's still very small, you know, at 6'10", you know, not – very heavy at all, you know, and that's he's going to end up being a power forward for you, you know, at, at the end of the day, he's going to end up being a power forward. You know, you were drafting him hoping to be a center, but I don't think he can get down there and compete with the Joel Embiid's of this world or anybody like that. Um, but watching it, I, I actually watched the Greensboro game today. Got a good shot on him. Very athletic. A couple blocks, you know, very promising, but this year, you know, Draft time rolls around. The Hornets, I believe we are looking optimistically about the 20th pick if we do decently in the playoffs. Anything above, I believe, 16 goes to New York. That was the trade for um, Kai Jones. But if we can keep that pick in that range, you know, I've seen a lot of things going. Mark Williams, um, Walker Kessler, the former – Carolina Tar Heel transferred to Auburn. He's a name that's been thrown around. Um, Kofi Coburn, you know, a center that has been dominating ever since he's really came out. You know, someone like that, just someone the Hornets can put in the center, and you don't have to worry about running everybody off the three-point line because if you do and they get to the paint, you've got a good defensive center standing there, not Mason Plumley, who has been, you know, they they all say. It's the stuff. The stuff that he does does not show up in the stat sheet. They said that about Cody Zeller. I want to see stuff that shows up in the stat sheet. At this point, yeah, because oh my gosh, Cody Zeller was terrible. Oh, I shipped him out. I was very, I was very vocal about getting Cody Zeller out of Charlotte. Anybody that knows me knows this. I hated him. You know, but we got him out. Got in Mason Plumley who. Is a good offensive player, you know, that's a good thing for him. He's a very good pass, an elite passer for a big man, I'd say. You know, helps this offense move, but when your defense is giving up, you know, 110 points a game, it feels like, you know, you, you, it's hard to win games. But the Hornets, I believe, currently sitting at 28 and 22. You know, we've been doing good enough, but we are still sitting, I believe, at that eight spot, which is still a play-in team. The Thunder, 
I believe, where are y'all at in the west? Uh, I think west? Or, no, no. Top to west? I think we're top to left. Which, you know, with it being the thunder, that's kind of where you want to be at. You know, you don't want to be crazy good. Yeah, we just want that draft pick. Yeah, we're at the 14th seed. And we just lost Shea until after the All-Star break. And we lose him. And we were on an eight-game losing streak. And now we've won two in a row. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Not what I wanted to see, but thought we were going to get you know, a big L streak. But, you know, Lou Dort has to Lou Dort. So. Lou Dort has to Lou Dort. That's the best way I've heard it put in a while. To win instead of tank so bad he can't just stop shooting. <laughs> so there's that. Um, uh, yeah. Well, you know, Brendan, I want to, I want to do some. I want to, I want to get your opinion. You know, from a from an outsider's view on what you've seen this year from the Hornets rookies, James Book Knight, Kai Jones, who you know you haven't seen much of, and, and JT Thor, who a name flies under a bunch of radars. Oh yeah. Except for Eric Collins, because he loves making the Thor jokes. Thor's hammer. You know, we've heard them all. Um, JT Thor, actually, I know I didn't even speak on him, you know, but a player, he's six foot ten, extremely long, extremely young, a, a good shot, very athletic. He can develop into being one of the better players out of this draft for the for the Hornets. You know, the stuff that he does, it's you know he does a little bit of everything. You know, I see him as almost. I I like to see him as rookie year Giannis. You know, not very, not very good at putting stuff on the stat sheet, but you can see there's some potential there. So now, you know, off of that tangent, I want to get your opinion on the Hornets rookies. Um, I can really, I can speak on JT a little bit. I watched a couple, couple of his uh, games that he's played. He's a good, he's a good defensive player, right? Well, you know, as a he's athletic and he can, he's almost like Lamelo, where he. You know, shoots those passing lanes, trying to get the steal. If he doesn't get it, then his man's wide open. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, stuff like that. They'll they'll get better with as time goes on. Yeah, they they get like experience. Yeah, James Booknight, one of the one of the bounciest rookies in the in this draft. Yeah, James is like I don't know if he, I don't know if I can call him inconsistent yet. I'm in top ten, so I mean, I was expecting. He's also not. I was expecting more. You know, I mean, he isn't getting a bunch of playing time in the NBA. He's played some G League games. I haven't watched much of the Hornets G League team, if I'm honest with being honest. <laughs> but the games I have seen him play in, uh, I mean, he's just like he just has to get used to the game. You know, it's a different game now. He's not in college. I mean, he played for UConn, and him and his. Boy, Jalen are not uh, playing their best. Wait, he didn't play for UConn. Who am I thinking about? Uh, not Jalen. Look, I played for UConn. Huh? Look, I played for UConn. I'm trying to think of the, someone else that the NBA he played with. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure, but you know, going off of what you said, you know, you can't call him inconsistent yet. His big thing coming out of the draft was they didn't know about his three-point shot, which has been the exact opposite. In the, in the NBA, you know, uh, in, in his 24-point game, I believe he had six threes that game. You know, it he's shown he's an excellent three-point shooter, you know, very good at creating his own space. I almost see the exact mold of, you know, a Malik Monk, who the Hornets just got rid of because he was very inconsistent, you know. He would come in and give you 30, and then he would come in the next game and give you two. You know, a lot of similarities. Both the eleventh pick. You know, they were both very. They're both very small guards. I mean, Malik being six three, Book Knight being six five. But you don't you don't see him as a point guard. You see him more as a shooting guard. Um, you know, and I'm I'm very optimistic though that he will turn out to be almost our replacement Terry Rozier when Terry ends up leaving. I, I want to give you. I want to give you a little bit on the on the uh, Thunder rookies. You know, Josh Giddy, who I did clown in the draft. Yes, you, did. you know, the the Thunder, the Thunder taking him with that high of a pick. I was very skeptical about. You know, with the Thunder, and this is a team. You know that <laughs> there's so many holes. You know, they couldn't really make a bad draft pick per se. 
You know, they drafted Josh Giddy, who I thought, you know, you already have Shea, you don't need another point guard, but they've been, I believe, running him at shooting guard. And it's been working out fairly well. Um, Trey Mann, you know, Trey Mann was a great, great pickup, I believe, in the second round. Yeah. Uh, no, no, Trey Mann was seven. He was a 17th pick. Trey oh, sorry. He was a great pick, honestly. He's like really, he's really shifty. He can make, he's a good, he has a good shot making ability. Um, I mean, uh, I was expecting that from him because I watched him play at Florida. But the two I was surprised by was Aaron Wiggins, you know, Andrew Wiggins' brother, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I mean, Jeremiah is like very inconsistent when it comes to scoring. He's been, but he's a good paint, paint defender for his size, a little undersized compared to most great centers in the league right now, but. He's still right. holds his own. He's got good rebounder. He can just block shots when he's when he's in position. Um, well, and also you know you can't forget uh, the Thunder did draft Alperin Chingun, who they eventually shipped off to Houston. Um, I'm pretty sure that pick we traded that pick before we like before the draft even started. I think. Um, not sure. Uh, but um, well, I mean, the yeah. Hornets or the the Thunder. You know they haven't made awful draft selection these past few years, you know, you look at, you know, Steven Adams, who, you know, taken with the 12th uh, pick, I can see as being a little bit high for that, but he wasn't bad. And then, of course, you know, you had the back-to-back-to-back years with Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. You know, also where you got Serge Ibaka, who was – you know, a staple for that team, you know. Then, you know, the, you have Nick Collis and the Mr. Thunder. Um, you know, and it's, it's been a very, very good, you know, a very good drafting team over these, this it's, it's history, I'll say. Um, but it's a team that just hasn't been able to really put it all together yet. Yeah. Um, which I, I expect y'all these next few years with 38 draft picks to be able to do. Yeah, it's just, I don't know what our problem is with not wanting to draft shooters. I mean, the best shooter we drafted in this year's draft was Trey Mann. He was, we already knew he was a good shooter, but, you know, the rest of the before him, most of our draft picks were just athletic. Like, they they could not shoot at all. You know, we, had Ter- we drafted Terrence Ferguson with, like, I think it was a pick. Um, Ferguson was the third. Uh, was he go, ahead. go ahead and speak while I look this up. Uh, we drafted him. Uh, then we drafted Darius Baisley. You know, he's a great he's a great player when it comes to rebounding. He averages over 1.5 blocks a game, I think. He's really good at blocking shots. Um, he's had some clutch blocks that won us games, unfortunately, this season. Um, yeah, um, Terrence Ferguson, the 21st pick. 21st. Which for the 21st pick is not bad, you know, for what you got back. Um, he always tried to shoot, you know. <laughs> and he would literally just keep shooting, and they would always hit, like, one game where he shot over 50%, I think. Now I can remember. Most of his games, he was shooting, like, he'd shoot, like, four to five threes, and he'd miss probably three to four of them. He would, it's hard for him to shoot over 50%. It's so disgusting. Um, well, and, you know, looking at this roster, the big one, you know, that everybody seems to be very high on, Kenrich Williams. What is, what does Kenny Hazel mean for the Thunder? He's just, he gets our loose, he gets the loose balls, he plays great defense, um, he makes the hustle plays that we need. Um, you know, so we want to start winning games. But, uh, let's see, he's a great on-ball and off-ball defender. He gets a lot of skills for playing great off-ball defense. Um, I, believe, I believe the market for him was a first-round pick. Yeah, I think it's still. It came out a couple weeks ago. That's still, that's still a pretty good pickup for, uh, like, trading him for a first-round pick. I honestly might be a steal a little bit, like, having that option to get a good rookie out of him because I mean 
mean, he averages like six points a game or something like that. I mean, his stats don't show a lot, but you know, what the stats don't show is what he puts out is what they what a team wants. Right. Like he, he ain't gonna. The stats are gonna show his impact. Basically. And they're going they're going to my guy, Alexi Lukashevsky. No, I want him off the team now. <laughs> he takes horrible shots. His decision making is terrible. He makes tries to do these crazy passes all the time, like trying tries to do like behind the backs and uh, no looks and get results in turnovers. And uh, everyone thought, I don't know why we drafted him. I mean, there was a lot of better picks after him. You know, I mean, he's he's a player that, like you said, is like he's a develop develop. He's a very developmental piece. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But um, you know, and with that developmental, you know, you look at who was drafted after him. You know, Sadiq Bey, who's been a very good player for the Detroit yep. Pistons. Preston Sachua, who somehow has to have be one of the worst big men in the league and field goal percentage. It blows my mind. Tyrese Maxey, you know. Great. You know, uh, Jaden McDaniels. But, I mean, Des- Desmond Bain, that seems to be a big one. But then, you know, second round in this draft really wasn't anything crazy, you know. Um and Alexei Pokashevsky probably was a guy that should not have gone that high, but you brought you drafted Alexei Pokashevsky for his upside. You know that upside being you know he's seven foot tall, with a seven foot three wingspan. You know he, he weighs about as much as a paperclip, but yeah. you know he would in, in Europe. You know he was a ball handler, shooter. Something just doesn't connect there in the league. He just, I don't know. He's not a good shooter. His form is disgusting. It's it's, it's awful. It's really bad. Um, <laughs> he tries to shoot from deep. Like he he'll shoot like three steps behind the line, air ball, walk down the court, and then foul somebody. Like he'll foul the shit out of somebody for no reason. You know. It's yeah. Um, it's just he, he's he's just not he's not meant for the NBA. He's not ready for it at least not yet. Yeah. All I, right. They need to keep him in the G League and develop him for a good another two years probably before he's ready to make an impact in the NBA because he's most it might not even be the fact that he's not ready he just might need to build some weight because he's he's way too small right for seven foot he needs to him being seven foot he needs to he needs to put some weight on. Well, that was it. The uh, outro didn't record, but I want to thank you guys for listening to the first episode of the follow-through podcast, and we'll try to get these videos out as much as we can.